Being a professional isn't about the money you make, the position you hold, your level of expertise or fame. It's the motivation and the attitude you bring to your work. A desire for always learning and improving and balancing your creative output with getting the business done. Welcome and join the Creating Pros. Hi, and welcome back to Creating Pros. I'm your host, Jim Nettles, and this week I have drafted in a couple of friends here to come in and talk all about how writing community works and talking about craft, talking about how we go about learning, how we go about developing. So, guys, if you want to introduce yourself. Yeah. Uh, Valerie, do you want to go first or do you want me to jump in? You jump right in. I'll jump in after you. Okay. So I'm Kate. Um, I am a middle grade writer and author. I am also a developmental editor and I give workshops on various types of writing. So whether that's for school aged kids or adults. And then um, due to some of the feedback I've seen, you know, when you give workshops, when you do developmental edits, um, you know, I kind of questioned how well uh, do these people know how to implement some of these changes, right? Like, what can they do on their own? Um, that wasn't to put them down. It was just, you know, where are they in their level of craft? And so we founded Much Ado About Writing, which is an online community I know we'll talk about in a little bit. And so that's kind of to fill that gap of you're learning the craft, you're knowing what to do. Let's see if you can put it into place and tighten your manuscript. And Valerie? And I am Valerie Heller, and I am a. I spent a lot of years teaching uh, high school English and creative writing, and middle school English too. Um, and then I put more of my time, started putting more and more of my time into writing. So now I'm writing for uh, middle grade and yeah, YA. Um, I do a lot of just like informal editing kind of work. And then Kate contacted me when she was thinking about starting this much ado about writing community and to see if I wanted to go in on it with her. And that's sort of where we've been going ever since. So yeah, we're coming up on a year. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate you guys joining me. And you know, we've been sort of talking in the background about some of the stuff you guys are doing, how you're going about developing it, you know, the community you're, you're building and how it's helping and servicing a lot of people, right? Um, you know, we're all members at the same time of the Writing Tribe, uh, some of the, the other communities and things like this. And one of the questions that comes up a lot is, is that idea of community? How does yeah. community work? How do we, how do we, you know, how do we go about and tackle all of these different moving things, right? And so I guess I'm going to start there. From from you guys' perspective, we've talked a little bit about, hey, we started this, you know, we found a need for it, but really kind of what inspired you to want to go jump from that, we see a need to, hey, let's actually do this thing. So my career in writing started, gosh, 15 years ago. And I remember, so I'm from New York and I remember going to a lot of conferences and, you know, big names would be there, right? It's New York City. Um, And I wowed a couple agents who then had to turn it down. Um, But what had happened was they gave me an R&R. I didn't even know what R&R meant. Um, And if you thought when I finally figured out what it meant, if I knew what to do with that, and I joke with people, and it probably isn't a joke, there's probably more truth in it, that I think I just changed every uh to the within two days and sent it back. Obviously, it got declined um, because I didn't want the agent to forget who I was. And I just kind of thought, bummer, if I knew somebody who 
you know, for lack of better terms, could have held my hand a little bit more. Like if I was part of a community that would have been able to say, this is what you do with an R or an R or come to me if you have a question. I just didn't have anything like that. Conferences are lovely. You learn a lot. But then again, it's like, how do I implement this? And there was no workshop on an R&R. And so I just kind of remembered feeling alone. And I remember thinking, all right, COVID had just hit. We're all online now. So there's so many wonderful capabilities of working with people. Valerie and I use Facebook for each other, Zoom for some of our calls, but StreamYard for the bulk of them. Um, And then I just thought, let's build a place where people can come together, share ideas, ask questions, learn craft together and support, you know, that it's not just it was nice meeting you at a workshop. Bye bye now. And that's what we sort of talked about this as right. But, you know, the conference, you go for the conference, you have a great weekend, you have a great day, you have a great whatever. And then you get home and you start working in within a month or so. You're like, oh, where's that support network? Um, or you kind of are, are trying to remember what was that, you know, what they say about structure, what they say about right. setting, what they say about characters. Um, and so this is sort of that. And another thing we talk about is that it's sort of like this interactive craft book um, yeah. that comes with community. And so you need that. You need both. You need craft, but you also need to be, I mean, writing can be very isolating. It can be very individual and needs to be at times, but you need to also have that community behind you. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things I really found, have found a lot over the years. Because, I mean, I do a lot of conferences. I speak at a lot of conferences. I do a lot of moving pieces. And looking at how all of those work, I mean, you're exactly right. You get to build these communities if you leverage them, right? If you show up at a conference once, you get to meet some interesting people. You might connect with them through social media. And then it may or may not go anywhere. If you do a lot of conferences, especially the same ones over and over again, you get to build networks and relationships and you get people that you can can communicate with and deal with and, and handle offline, right? Or kind of really get that experience. One of the things I've seen a lot of over the years, you know, we talk about critique groups, we talk about support groups and everything else. What are the elements to you guys that that make this different in terms of being supportive for a community, but also one that keeps it to be a positive community, one that reinforces, one that is designed to say, here's how this can be better, right? Because we've all sat in that, yeah, we've sat in that critique group where it was the, let me shred the work you got just to make myself feel better. Yeah. yeah. I have so many answers to this right now. My head is going (laughs) different directions to to hone this. Um, You know, you mentioned the, the community and coming from conferences. What I found was you'd make those friends, you'd make those networks, but were you on the same path still or did you leave it and kind of walk away from it? So what we really like about our community is that, you know, we meet weekly, although the Facebook group is going every day, but, you know, our calls are weekly. So we're constantly on the same path together. Um, And then you were asking about critique groups and our biggest focus is craft. So when we critique each other's pages, when we give each other feedback, you've got to back that up with craft. Um, If you want to just tell me your opinion, then I'll have my husband read it. You know, it was like, it's good. Um, But I can't do anything with that and neither can you. So, you know, we really, really want that our writers own the craft so that they can own how to self-edit and they can own how to critique stronger for others that makes sense that you can use something and do something with it 
Valerie? Well, and I think too, that in, in terms of the critiques, you know, we'll do uh, calls where we will critique member pages. They submit pages to us. Kate and I do some talking about that behind the scenes. And, and then we hone in on whatever the topic, there's a monthly topic generally that we're focused on. And so the critiques, the, the critiques that we give generally center around whatever the topic is. So while it's tempting to kind of go to that editorial, uh, the developmental, developmental. Edit- editing background, right? And it's tempting to kind of cover the whole spectrum of things. Um, we sort of bring each other in and go, okay, but this month is all about setting. What can we, what can we look at here? Or this past month, we, we were talking about antagonists this month. And, you know, so the pages that they submit, we're really going to focus in on, okay, what's the impression you've created of the antagonist? Is there enough conflict? How does this, how does this antagonist stir up conflict? How are they the hero of their own story? How are they, um, so really kind of zooming in on one aspect at a time rather than doing just a broad brush or, or really the other side of things, the specific line entity things, which a lot of times people aren't ready for, but right. kind of one topic at a time, one aspect at a time. Right. So somebody that's working on their first book for the first time, right? You know, there's always that, oh my God, I'm making progress. And, you know, because when we, we talk about kind of how this progress works, right? We start with, as my notes keep wanting to flicker over here, the other side. <laughs> we, we talk about looking at creating work. And I mean, the, the uh, so pretty much everybody at some point is like, okay, yeah, I've got a book in me. I've got something I want to do. Well, then some small fraction of them actually sit down in front of a keyboard and stare at it and they stare at the blank page and then they walk away from it going, okay. Then some small percentage of them actually start putting something down on the page and they go, okay, there's something here. What do I do with that? And then, you know, so some, and then some small percentage of a percentage of a percentage of a percentage actually get to the point of trying to finish something, right? That, that they want to have that piece in hand. If for somebody that's starting out and but really dedicated, they're on that path, or somebody has been trying to do this for a while and churning through, what's one of the first kind of lessons you'd you'd say? Here's things to remember. Here's ways to keep that work going. Well, now we're back to community. You know, like you just don't want to be alone. You need the cheerleaders. You need someone to understand what you're going through. So, being a developmental editor you kind of just can't even say start here, start here, start here. My brain works differently than your brain. Um, My big picture is not your big picture. So Valerie and I created this spider web and now we were joking that we need Miss Haversham's attic. And we have the spider web because the idea is craft is interwoven. Yes, every month we can talk about individual topics like POV, setting, voice. But really, you start seeing the longer you're in the the group, how they all connect. You really can't have setting without POV. You can't do POV justice if you're not built, you know, so like they just bounce off of each other. And what's gorgeous is, you know, behind the scenes, Valerie and I will be doing these developmental edits and we'll be looking at them, the pages they submit. And, you know, there might be someone in the beginning who were like, oh my gosh, I know this topics is only setting, but did you catch the 20 other craft topics that they need help on? You know, and and sometimes it gives us ideas. Oh, it looks like our members really need this craft topic. Let's go there next. But month by month, all the other members who've been hanging out for, you know, a couple months and, and get to know each other's work, they start saying, whoa, it's tighter. 
Look at this. And then Valerie and I get behind the scenes. Like, remember how we used to find 20 different things? Now we're only finding three different topics outside the one we're teaching. So it is so, you see the progress. Um, it's almost like you can, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you can, um, uh, track it, you know, you can kind of see this, their baseline was here and now it's here. Um, and when they come on live to talk to us, their questions are getting stronger. They understand what's starting to not work. Doesn't mean they can fix it on their own yet. Hence, they're still in the community looking to learn. But when they come to us, it's not like, what did you guys find? You know, now it's like, well, I was wondering about this sentence. So for those people who are new, I mean, the sky's the limit where to begin. I mean, first you got to have words on page, but really, I mean, Valerie, it goes back to community, right? Like just have some support to, to help you. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything that I would add to that um, for the new, for the new writer. My thoughts well, are kind of going all over the place with other things, but well, and I think the important one of the things I did want to touch on today is because when you look at this power of critique and that power of feedback, right? It's not just about I like it or <clears throat> I don't like it. This is not me. Whatever else, the actual the the ability to take mechanics, right? We we hate to when you're first starting out. It's like no, no, I'm you know it's about the passion and the words and the flowing and everything is great, right? But really, as, as you become more and more experienced, you discover really, no, there are mechanics underneath it. Mm -hmm. You discover that the more you understand the mechanics and the more you understand, understand how, how it all works, the closer you're going to be able to get to producing commercial quality work, the closer you're going to be able to get to putting something that an agent wants to see, that a publisher wants to see, things along these lines. But the important other part of this is that editorial relationship, because I talked to, I, you know, we talked to a lot of people that go and have this idea that, no, no, I wrote it. Nobody else needs to see it. It's magical. You know, I'm perfect. Doesn't exist. Can you talk a little bit about that, that feedback loop of critique and editing and, and how that works from almost a co-creation standpoint with the writer? You've got to have thick skin. You've got to be able to step away. Um, we're not we're not Seinfeld trying to tell you that your baby is ugly. If you remember that episode, <laughs> we are trying to tell you, you know, how to comb your baby's hair so when the wind blows, it still stays pretty. Um, go ahead, Valerie. Well, and yeah, and you need, you know, at, at some point, you always need other writers, writers yeah. right? You always need other readers to come in and having other writers who know their craft to come in and look at it, you know, and it's not just about tearing something apart. Um, no. That that has limited purposes in my mind. You need to know what you're doing well. You need to know why something isn't working. And I think so many people get feedback when they're out querying and they're out trying to, you know, find a home for this manuscript, maybe that that isn't maybe quite ready to go out in the world yet, but they're not sure, you know, how to jump from, often we jump from rough draft to like, okay, let's edit. And there's this whole land of revision in between there that is multiple levels. And you hear about people who do multiple drafts and, you know, four, five, six drafts. And it's like, what are they doing? Um, and I think that's where, where this group kind of focuses, right? Is 
okay, they, an agent tells you they can't connect with your character. What does that mean? Right. And what can you do to make sure that they do connect with your character? Because it could have something to do with the actual characterization itself. It could have to do with they're not connecting to the goal or they don't know what the goal of the character is, which is kind of the topic we're heading towards now. Um, it could be that there's, you know, not enough tension to keep them in or there's not enough conflict there that's established. Right. So it's, there's so many things that could be behind those kind of vague statements of I'm not connecting with your character or um, it didn't hook me right away. Like, right. OK, so how do I make more of a hook? How do I do? And those are sort of in fact, that's sort of where we started the group from was was at that point of opening pages. That was one of the first topics that we tackled. And I'm sure we'll come back to it numerous times oh, or yeah. in workshops or things just on that because that's so important. Um, well, and if I could piggyback with what you're saying, yeah. oh, look, people give us drafts, right? They're working on their drafts when they're in our group. There is draft by nature means it's not perfect. So there is no point in us telling you here's where it's not perfect. You already know it's not perfect. But what we kind of, you know, I don't know, coined is here's a missed opportunity. Mm. Page didn't land because of X, Y, Z. But do you see this line here or this paragraph here? Man, this was a missed opportunity where you could add that in, where you could emphasize, you know, and then it gets them to see they know parts are weak, but now it gets to see they're not throwaway parts. They weren't bad parts. They just weren't used to their optimal strength. So it's kind of, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then we try to give them some tools and takeaways that they can take back and keep using. So we have workshop weeks where we'll be in a zoom instead of on a Facebook call. Um, and we'll have them have pages there. We'll give them something to go and look in their pages for, or we'll do some kind of, you know, exercise type things and then share what, what we find as we do that. Um, in the hopes that this, you know, revision, self-revision toolbox starts to build as well so that mm -hmm. they develop a critical eye that they can look at other people's work with, but also look at their own work with and see through fresh eyes. Right. For any book. Well, and actually, yeah. let's let's talk a, bit, a little bit about the process of how you guys' group works, right? You get, you have a monthly cycle, you know, yeah. where, where you're going through. Do you want to kind of talk about the monthly cycle and why you've got it set up that way? Yeah, absolutely. So as two former educators <laughs> who get how the brain works, you know, that I do, we do, you do concept from teaching um, and having done workshops. And like I told you, seeing like, do you know how to implement it? So here's how we run our typical month. Week one is our teaching call. So we come up with a brand new topic. Um, there's no point in my mind throwing 10 topics in one month at a working person. You know, these people aren't writing full time. So so we like to stick with the one topic a month. So let's say it was antagonists. Well, then week two, we do our Zoom workshop. So like Valerie was mentioning, now we're going to come in just like at a conference and we're going to say, here's where the participation kicks in. Um, instead of sharing everybody's stuff, we're going to have you work individually on your own and maybe just discuss how it went or takeaways, you know, what insight did you get from that? Week three is always um, a guest speaker. So that can either be an author, um, you know, hi, I just landed Scholastic. Here's how my path went, because that's really fascinating for us to kind of see the other side of the rainbow, like we call it. Um, or somebody in the publishing field, maybe yourself. I do communities or tonight, actually, if I can say this, um, we've got the owner of Query Tracker coming. So he's going to talk to us about, you know, Query Tracker and what do you do to track 
finding agents. And then week four, um, because people have hopefully had the month to kind of look at a section in their book or whatnot, becomes the editing week. So we tell them, here's what we're looking for, 500 words, um, find where your protagonist or your antagonist enters the scene or, 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 you know, so we kind of give them like three or four bullet points of what we want to see so that we can critique it for you. So, yeah, so that's our cycle. Those four items is kind of what makes it up. Valerie? And in a, and in a five-week month, there's the bonus week. So yeah. you, you either get an extra week of critiquing pages or you might get an extra guest coming in or you might get um, an extra set of workshop, you know, an extra workshop night, um, depending on where we <coughs> where we feel people are and, you know, the, how many pages we need to look at, that kind of thing, whatever we feel the need is. Then we have that flexibility right. to go, okay, bonus week, which is usually one week every few months right? yeah, so yeah. on a week a month like that yep and everyone is constantly learning from each other i mean we've got picture book all the way up to you know romance and thriller so you know and sometimes i'm like is the picture book person gonna get you know and they're like i got so much out of this and i'm like yay so they just yeah they, you learn from each other so which is great so looking at kind of the the cycle you're on too in terms of working through topics what are some of the things that you know What's one of the the things that you're currently working on with the group? You know, like what's this month's topic you guys are are working on? You know, what, we're what wrapping somebody... up. Yeah, yeah, we're wrapping up antagonists. Um, next month is goals, so we'll talk all about that. Um, but we have done setting POV, opening pages, pacing, um, characters, characters voice um promises the reader makes to the uh, i'm sorry promises the writer makes the writer makes yeah we lie to our readers it's fine it, it... right and and you know it's so interesting because until sometimes things are pointed out to you you don't even realize you're doing it you know like because you said you're gonna meet someone at three o'clock i need to see that in the next scene or two i need to see that that person's meeting them at three o'clock you know things like that where readers pick up on that Oh, and then there was show and tell month. Yes. Yep. Show a popular show and, we yeah, believe show and. and no, we're not show don't tell girls. We're show and tell girls. Yes. So what, what did everybody get out of this month's study into antagonists? Um, I think a lot of people think it's villain and it's not. Antagonists don't have to be a villain. Um, it definitely can be whatever obstacle is there on the page. You can have multiple antagonists working. There can be, uh, you know, Valerie, we, you brought up, there can be a loving antagonist, you know, like someone who has good intentions, but is just still getting in your way. You have a false antagonist. So, you know, you don't have to go down crazy creepyville for villain. Um, and, and one of our, one of our persons, what did he say? Something like, I didn't have an antagonist in my story and I had to write one in, you know, right. so we're bringing up conflict, you know, so thought about it. all, they all spiral and scaffold. These topics just interweave. And we'll know more actually next week. We haven't done the critique. Uh, next week is the critique call. So we'll know more about kind of what they walked away with. Yeah. Um, a lot of the times we we judge that from what we're seeing in their pages and the kinds of things that they go back and change and work on. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot, you know, pacing, the, the pacing month that we did, right. There was a lot of good stuff that people yeah. walked away with um, yeah. in terms of just thinking about different ways that you can, um, how fast and slow interweaves and, and how a lot of pacing is perception in the mind of the reader. So yeah. you can slow things down 
one way to speed things up is to really slow down and zoom in, right. And get Mm -hmm. caught up in that moment. But at the same time, you can, you know, speed things up and condense something into a paragraph of narrative summary and move on. Um, So we, we played around with, you know, how it's not necessarily one way or the other way. um, But the interplay of those dynamics. And I think some of the members said they hadn't thought about it in that way before in those terms. And it tightened the dialogue some of them were writing, which was cool to mm-hmm. see. Oh, dialogue was a month we did too. So, you know, it, you just see how they all play off each other, which is right. great. Or or finding a need for more interiority. You know, the people who yeah. are really super heavy on dialogue and realize that, wait a minute, one of the they ways slow it down. I can get the reader to connect more with my character is by going into their head a little bit, by providing those glimpses of, of thought and feeling. And I'm not doing that. Why not? So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am one of those dialogue heavy guys. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> but that's where my scenes start every time. I mean, nine times out of ten, a scene will start with talking heads in space for me, right? And then I have to build the rest around it, right? With with the writers you're you're working with these days, because I mean, one of the things that I've seen over the years, you know, we see trends come and go, right? We see um, ebbs and flows as as trends come and go. What are you seeing in terms of the writers these days? What kind of things are are we seeing more of? What kind of problems are writers having these days? What you know, when we look at, at the trends, what's really happening and in, in with the guys that you're working with these days? I think my biggest thing that I see, and not in our particular group, because I'm gonna phrase it wrong, you know, we kind of weed out who's serious and who isn't. Um, and I don't mean to lump those who are not serious tend to self-publish. I think those who are interested in the long run, you know, I mean, if you want to get traditionally published, it's, it's years right in the making. <clears throat> um, and there are genres that self publishes amazing fly off the charts. I mean, I know a lot of friends who write cozies and it's like, don't even look for an agent, like just keep self publishing. Your books are doing amazing. Um, so I, I think I would see more the person of, like you kind of explained earlier, Jim, like, oh, it's good. I wrote it, so it must be good. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, it could be a great story, but, you know, it may not be captivating yet. And you want your book to be captivating for the reader. So that's kind of, Valerie, I don't know. That's kind of where I see. Uh, the, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of discussion with point of view, actually. And, and oh, multiple, yeah. right? Multiple versus single points of view. Um, and when can you change points of view and and can you do it in the mid scene or do you have to do it chapter by chapter, scene by scene? Um, When do you need, you know, and and what point of view, how do you know which point of view to choose that kind of thing? So we do have a lot of discussion about that. In our Um, group. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know, you know, yeah. That's the one that immediately comes to mind. Well, and it's interesting you're talking about the, the self-publishing movement. And because a lot of the time when I'm teaching yeah. workshops, one of the things that I that I go and I start with is self-publishing and indie publishing in the industry mean the same thing. However, I look at them a little bit differently. Um, because I describe if you if you say I'm gonna go self-publish, I often will treat that as the, yeah, I'm just gonna throw it out there, I'm throwing something in Amazon, we'll see what sticks. The indie publisher is the one that is the writer that is willing to go and say, okay, I've acted as the writer up until this point. I am taking off my creative hat, my creative helmet, and I'm going to put on the publisher hat where I've got to make a business decision about how I'm treating this work. 
and I'm looking at it critically. And now I've got to actually, you know, make a decision. Is my baby ugly? And the the good news is this. Most things can be fixed. Right. Right. Not everything. There are certain things you just need to go and put it in the trunk, lock it away and go, go start the next thing. That doesn't mean it doesn't have value because you get to learn from the experience. You get to learn from the act and the craft and, and going through all of that, because at the end of the day, you don't get better without doing right. Right. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I have seen a lot more with the conferences I do and, and speaking and workshops and things that I've been seeing are a lot more people that are asking that business part of it, of, of making money in the industry. And the first thing you go back to is you've got to write well and put out good product. Yep. And, um, Right now, we've got a little bit of a conflict going on between the people that are working to put out good product and the people that are running off to AI to spit Mm -hmm. something out, and they're having to compete with that too. Mm -hmm. Are you getting questions about how to deal with that in the market yet? No, because the people in our group truly want to write. It's, you know, it's their oxygen. Mm -hmm. Turning to AI isn't something that's going to fix this for them. You know, the people in our group totally understand this isn't a get rich quick career. Um, and for those who might get rich, that's, that's not everybody anyway. And 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 so I would say everyone in the group already understands that part of the business. So now they're truly in it for, okay, let me play that. If those are going to be the rules, let me play by those rules. I want to run. And I want to write it well. So that's, I love that. I mean, to me, with the, with the kind of the, the things that I'm seeing there is, and I had to have this chat with a friend of mine the other night who has on nine, book number 19, right? And it was this, what do I do in this world? I'm like, you keep writing. Because mm-hmm. readers recognize the difference between good work and good craft and not. And this to me is kind of the importance of what you guys are doing is you're wanting to take people and get them. It may be good. It could even be great, but it can always be better, right? How do we learn from the experience? How do we craft it? How do we shape it? And how do we take good to make it great? And I mean, that's, that's really kind of the big thing that a lot of people ask me the question of, what do I do? How do I compete? I'm like, the answer is do good work. Right. And, and there's the, you know, there's the point of, you know, I, I just kind of go to emotion and voice and, and it having a heart, you know, work having a heart and a soul. I, I mean, I'm sure AI can approximate quite a lot of things. I just don't know that, you know, I still think that, and, and maybe this is me just being sort of <laughs> optimistic Pollyanna, um, but I, I just can't get past the there's there's something to having it created by a person that's going to be different than the things that are created by artificial intelligence i equate it to cooking you will not enjoy my cooking because i do not enjoy cooking and you just don't taste the heart you know when you go to someone's house and they're like this is my passion i'm going to guarantee you you're going to like that meal a lot more than the one Mm -hmm. i've Well, and I mean, because I deal a lot in this space too for other parts of my life, the reason I threw that out there is because the number of people I have coming to me going and saying, what do I do? And I'm like, the answer is, it is right there in front of me. These are tools. Join our group. 
write. These are tools. Writers write because we have to. Writers write because we're bringing a voice and an experience. There are things you can use the tools for. And I think this is one of the, the one of the things I think that's important is with groups like this is being able to have that voice, being able to put, like you say, that heart in it. Um, and I, the reason I wanted to throw that out there is because it's something I'm hearing a lot of. I'm getting a lot of questions about it. I'm doing a lot of interviews and shows talking about here's what it is. Here's what it's not. Uh-huh. I didn't know with your group how many people were actually looking and becoming fearful that these technologies are going to destroy the market. Where, in my view, it's not. No, I liken it kind of to, and this is going to age me. I remember when websites first came out, and it was a Toyota commercial, and it was like, go to you know www.toyota.com, and I literally turned and said, oh, who's going to do that when we have the yellow pages? You know, and it was like, what in the world? But now the yellow pages are online. Right. So the Internet is a great tool to enhance what I already want to do. And so AI, I think, you know, like for a lot of people, it might create a great outline, but it's still going to be a draft. And I don't think AI is going to revise and get it better and, you know, get that heart, get that tone. Um, and I don't know that it's still your vision. And and then let's just pretend you sneak it past an agent and it gets to, you know, you're always going to work with a human editor. You're always going to have an editor who says, change this, change that. And I don't know that AI will be able to take those instructions, you know, or you're going to start getting into legalities in, you know, a couple of years. So for right now, I don't think that's our worry, because like we said, this is what we want to do. And, and I don't think anything can replace when, when you've got a loud voice saying, Hey, I still want to write a book. And I did. Well, and, and formulas and algorithms only go so far when right. it comes to writing. Right. I mean, this is the whole thing about rules. And so there are rules yeah. in writing, there are formulas you can follow in writing, but you have to know when you, you know, break the them. you learn the rules is that so you know when and how to break the rules. Right. And, and so that's where I'm just kind of like, my, my faith still lies in the, the individual yeah, writer. Yeah. And that kind of lends towards one of the things I think is important to talk about is the power of these groups or the communities that get formed. Because at the end of the day, we tell stories because we have to. We tell stories because it shares our experience. It shares our viewpoint on the world. Yeah, I've stood there and I've had people come in and say, oh, I need you to sign an NDA before I'll give you that. I'm like, then great. I don't need to see it. Mm-hmm. Because I've stood in front of the room and, and said, here's the book plot I'm working on. Mm-hmm. If everybody in this room wants to go try to go tell their own version of it, go knock yourself out. If you do a better job, go knock yourself out. Right. Because your story is not going to be the same as mine. I could give right. you the exact same outline, the exact same characters, the exact same thing. And no two people are even, you know, you may get similarities because you're always going to get similarities because they're tropes and genre and all the things that you play with. Right. How much are you finding about where people are at when they come to the group in terms of knowing these elements of story of trope and genre and rules and how to use them and when to break them? Um, I would say, you know, if somebody is writing in romance, they're reading in romance. So a lot of times those writers will come to us with a little bit more knowledge of their own genres tropes than we would. I'm just not widely read in every single genre that exists. 
Um, and I won't touch thrillers, <laughs> psychological, you know, like that's not my thing. Um, sorry, Stephen King, never going to happen. <laughs> so, um, you know, so I just can't speak to that. But when we talk about pacing, um, those who write romance versus those who write thrillers can interpret that for their own genre because they know what their genre needs. So I don't know, Val, if you can add to that. That's kind of what came to my brain at first. How much do they come knowing about? about... Well, I mean, in other words, when people are coming in, how much do they... I will give you a perfect example. Um, so I'm working with a, a friend of mine. We're doing this project and he is not a writer. He is not in the creative space. We're working on a technology project. Oh. Um, but part of what I brought to him and said was, look, let me explain to you how story gets crafted. And I said, but if I explain this to you, you will never read a book again the same way. You will never right. watch a movie the same way again. <laughs> and I just started pulling out the beat sheet for story. Yeah. Right. I pulled out, save the cat beat sheet. I'm yeah. like, I was using this in a, as an example for how we could structure something. And he's like, it's every Disney cartoon. Yeah. I, and I started going, and he's like, I, I'm, I'm trying to understand this. And I said, okay, let's start with star Wars. And I started going through it. And I said, now we're going to do Harry Potter. And he's like, right. and you start watching that look of, Oh God, they really are the same story. Aren't they? Right. Well, they are. And they aren't. Mm -hmm. It's, it's the mechanics you're hanging something on and how well it, it's a framework, but the craft is and how well do you nuance these things? How well do you, you go through? And I think that's where, again, the power of this comes from your writers groups, the people you surround yourself with, because that's going to help you find your voice, sculpt your voice. I think, and I think and so I think people come in with with a basic idea they know yeah. some of the terminology they know they've heard of you know all of these different kind of elements of story and and um, all the ingredients that go into writing a story and all of those things um, and I mean I, I think what I, my experience has been and, and I think Kate and I talk about this quite a lot is that you sort of and, and we try to do this in the way that we build the, the teaching calls is that it's sort of like a spiral. So you might read a craft book and, and you glean a certain amount from that craft book the, the first time you read about the mm -hmm. topic. And then you go back two or three years later and you read the same one again and you go, oh like, my God, I, now it makes sense yeah. on a whole different, right? And so it's sort of like this spiral thing where you get deeper and deeper and deeper into yeah. each level. And so you can start up here and, and be on a very general, but, and, and then we gradually try to do. So I think people take um, what they need. Uh, we try to kind of aim it so that there are things that, that writers of different experience levels will get. Um, and then I think we even see that when they apply it in their pages, they're applying things at different levels. They're there. We get it in their, in their feedback. You can kind of hear it in the way that they talk or in the kinds of questions they ask. You can sort of see where they are on that continuum um but yeah so it it kind of we we try to meet them where they are and then keep going yeah. to deeper and deeper deeper levels and i i really just can't you know hit home loud enough that your ability to put this into your own work is a whole nother level you know it, you can read a craft book you can do what you did with your friend like let's go examine somebody else's story star wars 
And, you know, that's a great foundation, but to be able to implement what you've learned in your own writing, well, I should have gone down because it's deeper, it's digging deeper, you know what I mean? Um, And so people come to our group who are ready for that. They're hungry for it. You know, they say, hey, I can read a craft book all on my own, but I I really want to understand how to change my story for the better. Um, so they come with an open mind, um, you know, and again, you know, Valerie and I, we've said messages before, or they've read the same craft books we've read. And then when you start discussing, it's kind of like, oh, no. you know what I mean? Like, now it's making sense. So yeah, absolutely. You can read a book, you can read, you can read a craft book, you can read all of the craft books. Yeah. But sometimes it is, it's not the words on the page, it's the filter which we interpret. It's the filter in which right. we see, review, and understand, right? Right. And I and again, I think that's kind of the value of of a being around writers, right? Um, I mean, uh, again, I'm very fortunate in, in being part of a, a large community of writers. Um, the stuff we created with Continual has all very much created a large community of writers of everything from people publishing their first book to you know, people that just regularly, okay, I released the new book and it's already hit the times list. Great. Let's move to the next <laughs> book. <laughs> nice. But what's always interesting is with writers is the people that are the most successful are the ones that recognize surrounding themselves with the community that fits for them. Yeah. And that are people that can grow together. And there's always that aspect of, you know, we're always trying to learn. You never will know everything. I don't care where they're at in the career. You're always learning something. Right. And I am, I've always been a firm believer in being both a student, a perpetual student and a perpetual teacher, because often it's the act of teaching that teaches you the most, right? Yeah. It's Hell the person yeah. that comes in and says, Hey, I got a question. Uh, okay. I've never heard that one before, but let's, let's see what we can figure out. Right. I think that it's having that network of people, it's having those those mentors, it's having that community that you grow together, you learn together, and you figure out where people's strengths and weaknesses are to help shore up your own. It's like any other solid, strong community. Absolutely. So looking forward to where you guys are growing and going, what do you want to see coming for your students here in the future? What are the things that you want to make sure that they're doing, delivering, where do you want to get them to when they when when they come in and join? We want to just follow their journey. We we want to see them go from level whatever they're at to level next. And then I'm starting to query now. And and to be able to recognize that they're ready to query. You know, we we know a lot of people who've taken query courses and then they're ready, you know, like I've got a great query, but okay, are your pages landing? You know, and and if they're not pull back for a little bit. Don't waste all these amazing, you know, possible agents who could be interested and they're on your list. Um, if you're finding out that your pages aren't landing, you know, then then you need to step back, look at the craft. Um, you know, like Valerie mentioned, if an agent says, I just didn't connect with your character, what do I do about that? So, you know, we we want them to be able to say, okay, I get this. And then like a business, if you start working with an editor at a publishing house, was going to tell you, you know, our products look like X because we're Disney versus, you know, someone else, you have to fit and mold into their brand. 
Um, it doesn't mean they're going to make you do a rewrite, but they might come at you with suggestions that you either never thought about or you didn't want to do. But again, like if you if you want to play by their rules, sometimes you have to play by their rules. So, um, and 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 when you have a situation like that, knowing your craft and having a community you can turn back to and say, hey, somebody told me X. What has anyone experienced this? What are you thinking? Or knowing your craft, you might be able to go like, oh man, I didn't even see it like that. But you're right, because I get where you're coming from now. And it'll be easier to fix. Um or to or to argue your point not to fix it, you know, or whatever it needs to be the case for your story. So it's just supplying them with the knowledge and the self-confidence because self-doubt is our favorite friend in the writing bill, you know. The joys of imposter yeah. syndrome. Yes. Yeah. And we want them to have those tools, right? We want them to have those revision tools, the, the ability to look at their work through fresh eyes, to look at it from different angles, to look at it from different, you know, and to be able to look at a scene that's that they feel like isn't working and be able to go, Oh, I see. Or I don't see, so I'm going to ask somebody else who maybe does see. Um, but but I think, you know, even as we've worked through different topics, um, things have come up where we go, oh my gosh, this, I'm not doing this. Right. <laughs> I, right. Now I know why this particular scene or why this character didn't land right. I just caught yeah. myself doing it this month with my antagonist and I had revised a chapter where she's introduced and I applied what we did in the workshop to my own thing and went, oh, no wonder this person who just read the revised chapter was like, right. why your protagonist wants anything to do with that? And it's I can tell her exactly work. why now, because now I know, you know, yeah. yeah. You're too close to your work and, and we want to give people the tools to be able to be their first editor, you know, to walk through it. Um you know, because some people, when you don't have the community, you don't know what steps to take. Like, oh, I went for critique partners with my draft. And, you know, and I'm like, ah, um, maybe you should have had beta readers first or maybe you should have revised on your own. And then, Or as a developmental editor, I mean, people will come to me and I'm like, is this your first draft? You know, and they're like, yeah, but I didn't know who to turn to. And that's when it's like, okay, come in. I'll help you. You know, like, let's walk through this together. Um, because you just, you don't know if you don't have a community, you just don't know. And I don't know if it's, it might've been Harold Underdown or somebody else. There was some editor who said, you know, I can tell you what's wrong with it. I can tell you when a scene isn't working, but you're the one who can fix I can't tell you how to fix it. Right. And this is someone who had like Boku experience, you know, reading and editing and doing, and they were like, but ultimately the I don't want to be a book doctor. Who's got to figure out how mm -hmm. to fix it. So I can tell yeah. you when it's not working. But I won't necessarily, if I don't know your story the way you do, I can't necessarily tell you how to fix it. And that's oh, the, you know. And you just had a really good point. So a lot, my clients, when I do self uh, uh, editing, they'll come to me and I'm always like, hey, I want to have a conversation with you first because I want you to tell me what your story is. And then I'll read their book. And there are many places where I say, okay, do you understand that this isn't the story you told me on the phone? So here's your missed opportunity here, you know, and, and even, you know, us, you're too close to the story that you don't realize you can't see the magical fairies because I didn't draw them. Or sometimes you print them out and you forgot to put them back in. Yes. Exactly. You put something in revision that you didn't realize that you took out while you were making X better. Mm -hmm. Right. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. I spent 45 minutes one time looking for a character that I had written a scene about only to realize that that guy never got published. So I can't bring him back when he was never introduced in the first place. (laughs) Yeah. Well, is there anything else we haven't touched on today? I don't think so. Just, yeah. I mean, if you're looking for this conversation, yeah, yeah, it's great to, to kind of be here and talk it through with you and, So if anybody's interested in finding out more about what you guys are doing, finding out about the group, how can they find you guys? How can they find the group? How can they get info? We are muchadoaboutwriting.com. And you can find all of how to join the group or all of our events. Sometimes people, um, you know, I mentioned the query tracker they might be ready to query. Maybe their book is polished and they don't need to join our monthly group, but they want to come just for that live call. That's also okay. Not all of our weekly calls are available to the public for something like this. Um, You know, critiquing your pages wouldn't be. Um, So yeah, so muchadoaboutwriting.com is where you can find us. Um, Yeah. Information about either joining month to month, joining for a year, joining just, you know, like Kate said, for a special event kind of call. Um, for a one-time call, that works too. Yeah. Well, or I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> or what? Or reach back out to Jim. <laughs> yes, I can be found. Well, I appreciate you guys joining me to talk through this. You know, we've been talking about it for a while, so I really do appreciate you guys hopping on, and we'll be chatting soon. Yeah, thanks Great. for having us. Thanks. And we'll see everybody again next week. This has been Creating Pros.